can anybody tell us why we're here? What are we all doing here dressed up? Right here. Celebrate Jesus' birthday, yes. And what's that? And what, what do we call that? Come right on up, Miss Red Dress, right here. We got a seat for you. Yes, ma'am. What, what, what's it called? What's, what's today called? Uh, the name of what? I don't know what you just said. Right here. <laughs> Thanksgiving, is that what you said? No. I'm worshiping. thinking about food right now. Worshiping, yes. But what's today? Today's uh, Christmas. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Santa Claus is coming. So speaking of Santa Claus, what are you asking for for Christmas? Anybody asking anything for Christmas? Makeup. Make? Oh, you're too young for makeup. Too beautiful for makeup. You don't need Right here, yeah, anybody. I think, I, well, our question of the day was that we would, like, get that which toy we would say. Yeah. I, I asked for makeup. You asked for makeup. Okay, we got a lot of makeup. Right here. Here we go. I want cowgirl boots. Cowgirl boots. I like that. Right here we go. American Girl Doll. American Girl Doll. We got some guys right here. Um, for a new video game. Video game. Let's go all the way back here to the back. A Duke t-shirt. A Duke t-shirt, huh? You're a Duke fan? Yeah, I know who you are. All right, here we go. You know who your parents are. Any kind of sea creature except... A sea creature. We've got a future marine biologist here. Except for a seahorse and a starfish. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, right here we go, front row. Go ahead. Panic. Panic, here we go. Somebody else? Two more. Here we go, right here waving at me. Real loud. A Star Wars gun. Star Wars gun. That's, that's the two best, right? Star Wars and a gun. All right, right here in the white. I like the bow tie, sir. That looks good on you. Real fast. Hot Wheels. Love Hot Wheels. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to ask a couple of quick questions because what are we celebrating? We're celebrating whose birthday? Jesus' birthday. Now, let me help you with something. Being a pastor and growing up in church, one thing that's always a great answer if you're at church is just say Jesus because it's kind of like on the multiple choice test. It's usually going to be more false. I mean, more C, right? True and false. So it'll be false, right? I'm just saying more times. You know a song? I think you do. I bet, I bet you do. So, and so it's Jesus' birthday. So can anybody tell me the town that Jesus was born in? Right here. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And, uh, and so um, can you tell me the, the name of Jesus' mom? Right here. Mary. Mary. And Jesus' dad, I got anybody over here? Right here in the girl, right here in the black dress. Here we go. Joseph. Joseph. Yes, and God, right. That's my theologian right here. Just <laughs> make sure we're theologically correct here. So, um, and so, um, where was he born? What was that called? Right here. A stable. A stable. Why was he born in a stable? Why was he not born someplace else? Can you tell me? Because there was no more room in any of the other um, houses. No, the, the houses, the inn, right? The Holiday Inn? Yeah, no? Okay. Do you even know what the Holiday Inn is? Good. Oh, look at that. All right. So there was no room for him in the inn. And so that's what we celebrate today. So I like to read the Christmas story. This is a tradition. This is our 15th year to do this. So you guys are number 15, all right? So we're doing this. So let's read this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Joseph, who was Joseph? Just say it. 
Jesus' his father. It's his father, right? Went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. And he went there, registered with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and she was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a... Because there was no room for them in the... And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. So on the count of three, I need you to give me your best terrified face. Are you ready? One, two, three. Wow, I'm scared right now just sitting here. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And when the angels had left they went to, and went into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, whose name was? Jesus. Jesus. Who was lying in a? Because there was no room in the? And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. And that's the story of Christmas. And so that's what we celebrate today. So... Thank you so much for being a part of this Life Church Christmas tradition of, of, of having this moment together. You guys like my fireplace? It's kind of warm up here and nice. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cozy. It's real. That's real. I built that fire while you guys were on your way up. So, anyhow, we're going to let you go. I'm just teasing, guys. We're going to let you go back to your moms and dads, but on your way back, we're going to give you candy canes. So what I need you to do is, I need you to stand up, and I need half of you to go this way very calmly. And have you go that way. Moms and dads, will you give them a big hand as they come back to you? Hey, Life Church, we are about to take the gifts that you donated this year to the Angel Tree Initiative, and we're going to take them to the Children's Hospital in Wisconsin. Every year, you give so generously to this great cause, but this year, you gave almost double the gifts that you gave last year with 359 gifts that we're about to take over there. Now, due to the sensitive nature of the foster care situation that we're delivering these gifts to, we will be unable to record footage of giving it to the families and to the children there, but we still want to bring you along as we deliver these gifts this year. say thank you to Life Church for your generosity and giving. This year, your love, your gifts are going to go to many of the families that Children's Hospital of Wisconsin Community Services serve. There's a quote that I love to say, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. Through your gifts, you're impacting many lives. So on behalf of Children's, we say thank you.
continue on with our service. The houselets are coming up and there's a lot of people in this room. So right now, why don't you just take a moment, find a couple of people you've never met before, shake, someone hand, shake someone's hand and wish someone a Merry Christmas today. Good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you on this Christmas Eve uh, weekend and Christmas Eve day and, and all of that. And I think you guys are the smart people because you're going to have this great Christmas service and then you're going to get to get home, get in your comfies and just eat your stretchy pants, right? In the words of Nacho Libre. I know you've seen that. And uh, Tom, that sweater, man. I was going to say ugly sweater, but I didn't want to offend you. But then I realized, you know, hey, all right, so anyhow. It is great to see you. And I, I love Christmas. And, um, and as you came in today, you, uh, you received a candle. And we're going to have a special candle lighting service here in just a few minutes at the end. And we let you moms and dads determine whether or not your children could handle fire in their hand in church. So just think about that for a second. <laughs> Stay away from Aquanet, right? Any of that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes, those of us that are kids of the 80s remember Michael Jackson and the Pepsi commercial. So we don't want any accidents. We have fire extinguishers. We've got people standing by. So, uh, but uh, we're going to have a special time in just a few minutes. And candle lighting services are not a new thing. 
Matter of fact, there's something that's very common, especially this time of the year. And the reason why that is, is because it's how Jesus describes himself in John's gospel. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says of himself that I am the light of the world. That's how he defines himself, that he's the light of the world. Not a light, but the light of the world. And so if you think about that just for a minute, that's kind of really what we're celebrating on this Christmas Eve, is we're celebrating the fact that God loved you and I so much that he gave his one and only son. And that Jesus came to this earth and became the light in a very dark place. And um, if you ever stop for a minute and go, how did that happen? I mean, what's the theological ramifications? What's the backstory? What's the behind the scenes? What did it take for Jesus Christ to become the light of the world? Well, there's a glimpse of that in scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6, 7, and 8. I want to read that for you. Because it tells us what Jesus had to do and the process he had to go through in order to make that first Christmas happen. And what we celebrate and what we benefit from today. Verse 6, Philippians chapter 2. Who, speaking of Jesus, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Verse 7, but rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very likeness and the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Verse eight, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. The essence of what is said there in the book of Philippians is that Jesus demoted himself so that you and I could be promoted. Jesus demoted himself so that you and I could be promoted. He humbled himself, he left the glory and the splendor of heaven and came to this earth and humbled himself in the form of a man so that you and I could eventually, in our own life here and now, have a great life, but even so much more in eternity. And I, I know we've all been in positions where like, we've been given like, a, a free ticket to something and, and sometimes it feels like a promotion and sometimes it feels like a demotion. You ever been there before? Where someone says, hey man, I got free tickets to a game. You want to go? And you show up and it's not great. And then there's other times you get something you're like, this is amazing. Like, how did I get this? Like, I'm so undeserving of this. When Tammy and I moved here from Tulsa, Oklahoma um, 14 years ago, one of the things I was excited about living in Milwaukee was the professional sports from the Packers. I'd been watching Brett Favre at that time, all the way back from where he played in Southern Miss. And growing up in Arkansas, we thank God for Mississippi. And so uh, you'll get that later. But anyhow, so, you know, I, I'd been, so that scene and then the Brewers and, and, and the Bucks, and I'm a big Sidney Moncrief fan. He was from Arkansas, lives in Little Rock. And so anybody national championship? All right, anyhow, so the heyday of the Milwaukee Bucks. And so anyhow, so uh, I, we got tickets. Somebody gave me tickets to a Bucks game at Bradley Center. And so I'd never been downtown Milwaukee. I had seen it. Uh, we had just moved here. We were kind of still unpacking. And so I, we had these tickets. Let's go, Tammy. This will be a blast. We'll go downtown. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, you know, a few rows up off the court and it's NBA and, you know, and, and I'd been watching Ahmad Rashad with NBA stuff, Inside Edition and all this stuff. And I was kind of keeping up with who the players were and what was going on. I was excited. And so Tammy and I are on our way downtown. Well, this is pre-smartphone, pre-really navigational devices inside your car almost. And uh, I'm just telling you, navigation has saved my marriage. I'm just going to let you know right now. Tammy and I don't fight 
I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty civil. We love each other. We really do. But, man, you get us in a directly impaired situation, and all of a sudden the blame starts happening. Woman, man, you better watch yourself. I mean, all that stuff begins to happen. And so we have a paper map, and I'm blaming her. She's blaming me. And if you've ever tried to navigate downtown Milwaukee with a paper map, oh, dear God, help us all. And so anyhow, needless to say, after some marital counseling, some praying through, we, we show up at the parking garage, get our car, we're late to the game, we get inside, I'm like, well, at least it's going to be a great game, right? We're at the Bradley Center, da, 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 da. and I have these tickets, and I show it to the usher, and he looks at me, and he smiles, and he points way up there. I mean, I had to have oxygen halfway up, you know what I'm talking about? Way, I, I can hang on the rafters. I mean, I'm, these seats stunk. It was horrible. So she's mad at me. I'm mad at her. I don't want to pay these over-exuberant prices for concession stand. We're late. It was a sorry game. I didn't know who they were playing. I'm way up there. I mean, like little, little bitty pieces, like little ants down. You know, it's horrible. Demotion. A couple years later, I get invited to the Bradley Center to watch a Marquette game. At that point in time, Buzz Williams was the head coach for Marquette. Buzz and Corey and the kids attended church here. Buzz would say, hey, Pastor, anytime you want to come with me, with the team, whatever, we'd love to have you. And so we would do, I would do that sometimes, and, and that was a kind of a joy and a highlight to get to travel with the team a little bit and get to do some things with him and mess with cool people along the way. But I remember my very first game at Marquette. It's there in the Bradley Center. Buzz says, hey, we got tickets. And I'm just thinking, you know, they're going to be somewhere, wherever. He's got me some tickets somewhere. No big deal. So I said, hey, it was a Saturday night, and we were done with our Saturday night service, and I had a couple staff members, and I just I texted them earlier that day. He said, hey, man, I'm going to be able to come to the game tonight if you have tickets. If you don't, no worries. But if you do, great. He said, great, just go to Will Call. And so I go to Will Call. When I go to Will Call, I get these tickets, and I walk in. It's me and Ryan and a couple staff members, and we walk in to show the ushers. And I'm expecting the usher to kind of point me in that direction. And he goes, he smiles and takes me right down to the court. I'm like, on the court, man. Buzz is there. He comes out, high-fives me on the way. I mean, like, my feet are touching. I took a picture of my feet on the court. I was like, holla. Don't hate me because you hate me. You know what I'm talking about? Like, promotion. Halftime comes in. They usher us right to the back. We go in the back. We get to eat. There's a full, like, buffet for the family and friends. I guess we're friends, family. I don't care. I'm eating, right? And then I'm back on the, and I was like, this is awesome. Promotion. Jesus Christ leaves the glory and the splendor of heaven in order for you and I to be promoted, not demoted. For you and I, pardon the expression, to be courtside, not somewhere way out there. He brings us to him. Jesus, he experienced emotion that very first Christmas. See, Jesus is God. He's not the vice president of the Trinity. He's not, the, 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 he's not the, the, the backup quarterback. He's equal with God. That's how the Trinity works. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three and one, all equal, different, equal value, different function. Jesus is the creator of heaven and earth. Jesus is all powerful. He's all knowing. And that very first Christmas, he goes from heaven to be the firstborn son of this teenage girl in this nowhere cow town in the Middle East called Bethlehem. The emotion doesn't stop there. He, he goes on, and, and he's born in a stable. So the smells and the odor and the activity of livestock. He's laid in a feeding trough. We call it a manger, and that sounds really quaint, but it was a feeding trough. 
King Herod is so worried about him and, and, and that, that he imposes a genocide over the nation of Israel. And all babies that were two years of age, males that were born, two years or, or younger, were killed. And so Mary and Joseph have to take their newborn son and they have to flee to Egypt. So they're refugees. See refugees on television? That's Mary and Joseph. They're fleeing for their lives to get to another country to save Jesus. Jesus grows up and he doesn't take some commanding role. Quite frankly, from an external perspective, he takes a very humble place and, and, and he takes this role of a, serpent, uh, of a servant and, and he, he demonstrates this when he washes the, the feet of the disciples. Can he get more demoted than that? Oh yeah. He invests his life into these men called the disciples. Three years, he pours himself into them. He spends time with them. He, he, he molds them. He models for them. He, he mentors them. And one of them stabs him in the back and betrays him. The other 11, they leave him and they desert him. And at the moment where he needs them the most, no one's there. He's brought and he's tried and he's accused of a crime that he never committed. He's beaten as a common criminal by the very people he was called to redeem. Is that the lowest point? No. Verse 8 of Philippians chapter, eight, of chapter 2 says that he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, comma, even death on a cross. The most horrible and the most shameful way to die in the first century was death on the cross. Because not only was it torturous, but it was shameful. It meant that you were the worst of the worst, and it was a public humiliation. Why does he do that? He becomes demoted, humbles himself in the form of a man so that you and I could be promoted. Because without that, we're dead and lost in our sins, the Bible says. Without that, we're far away from God. Without that, there's a chasm that separates us from God. So he does that. I love John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave. That word so means without conditions, without strings. There's no fine print. He so loved the world that he gave, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ so loved you and I that he became obedient, not just to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven, to walk this earth just as a man, tempted and tried in every way that we are, yet without sin. But he's obedient to the Father's wishes, even to death, even to death on a cross. So at Christmas, we celebrate that his demotion for our promotion. And that's what this candle symbolizes. That's what this candle symbolizes when Jesus says that he is the light of the world. So that light was lit 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and was born in a manger to Mary. Simple. He leaves heaven and comes to earth and he illuminates our life. He comes to a very dark place that's hopeless and helpless and brings us life. It's this, this, this candle is symbolic of the exchange between Jesus' demotion and our promotion. It's the creator of the world of heaven and earth and all there is. He makes himself so small that he comes to this creation. So today, as you were given that candle, in just a minute, ushers are going to come, and 
they're going to, from this one candle, they're going to light all of the candles in this room. In just a minute, we're going to have a, sing a couple of wonderful Christmas hymns of the church. And I just want you to think, as we're lighting the candles in this room, from this one candle, as we're singing these incredible words of these classic Christmas hymns, what it took for God to love you and I so much that he gave. And what it takes for Jesus to love you and I so much that he became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. And the one question I have for you is, in your heart, is it dark today? Or is it lit with the love of Christ? Is your heart today, is it, are you hopeless are you helpless? Are you hurting? Do you feel far away from God? Do you feel like your sin is just weighing you down? I got good news for you. It's what we just read a few minutes ago with the children. Good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. What's he saving? He's saving you and I from ourselves. He's saving us from our sins. He's saving us from things that we have no ability. You were born into this flawed, failed flesh and humanity. And he does it so that he can bring light into our lives. Is the light of Jesus in your heart today? Or is your heart kind of dark and cold? Has the light been snuffed out? Because at the end... I'm going to come back before we close and pray and we're dismissed. I'm going to give you an opportunity if your heart's dark today and the light and the love of Christ isn't there. I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite that light of Christ to come into your heart and into your life. Because that's, that's the message. That's the story of Christmas. Father, I just thank you today. I thank you, Lord, for the solemnness of this moment and the reverence that we're about to walk into. I thank you, Lord, for loving us enough that you gave your one and only son. And Jesus, thank you for humbling yourself, leaving the glories and the splendors of heaven and making of yourself no reputation and coming to this earth and clothing yourself in humanity, being tempted and tried as we are yet without sin, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross for us. Your demotion becomes our promotion. Thank you, Lord, for being the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
Until the Son of God appears, so we rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. closed. I just want to give those of you today that Jesus is not in your, in your heart. You've not invited him into your heart and into your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do just that. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9 that if we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And if you've never done that, I want to give you that opportunity to invite the light of the world to light your heart, to push away the darkness, to push away the hopelessness, and to fill your heart today.
with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray this prayer together. And those of you that have prayed this prayer before, lend your voice to those that may be praying this prayer for the very first time. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life today and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you, Jesus, are the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, and rose from the grave, just like the Bible says. And I ask you to light my heart with you, the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I just pray for those that have prayed that prayer. Lord, that salvation prayer. God, that your peace that passes understanding would just flood their heart right now. God, that the joy that's unspeakable, God, that would just overflow in them. And that your light would so, Lord, permeate and just push away any darkness, any hurt, any helplessness or hopelessness that they may be experiencing. Lord, I thank you for salvation, rich and free that comes from you, Jesus. There's no other name under heaven by, by which man can be saved. And we thank you and we give you praise on this Christmas Eve in Jesus' name. Amen.